Precious Holy Spirit, we know you are here. Thank you because you open our eyes to see wondrous things. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom. Thank you for the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Thank you because the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. Thank you for the grace to be transformed. We drink of your fountain, for it is in your light that we see light. Change us by your truth. Let Jesus alone be magnified. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. Glory to God. All right. Today's part two, the second iteration in our conversation, let there be light. Let there be light. We started this last week, Wednesday, and we began to unveil, really, how do you interact with God's word? How do you interact with scriptures? How do you engage the Bible in a way that it's not just stories? It's not just history. It's not just culture. I'm not here trying to learn about a culture. I am here really to understand a person. All right. And we began to lay the bricks. I want to encourage you. If you missed last week, Wednesday, it's everywhere. Please look for it. Let there be light. Part one, it is going to bless you. Today, we're going to change gears and we're going to go a bit deeper. We are laying the bricks. We're going further. Next week, by God's grace, if Jesus tarries, we will be a little bit more practical by going into the how. All right, and the last Wednesday, if Jesus tarries, we will do a walk-through example, all right? And, and I said this, this really is a training, but we're going to trust the Spirit of God to help us to deliver this training as a teaching, trusting that he that is with you will expound this in your heart and will make you to be skillful in the use, in the understanding, in the interpretation, and in the seeing of light, in the mighty name of Jesus. Mm. So as a quick recap, we said that the life of dominion, if it's going to be lived experientially, must be powered by revelation. Therefore, every child of God must contend to make the investment, whatever it will take, whatever it will cost me to obtain revelation from God's word, my answer is going to be yes. Whatever it will cost me to, to engage light, my answer is going to be yes. We started from our anchored scripture, Genesis chapter 1. I read again from verse 1 to verse 4. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says, the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering, was brooding over the face of the waters. Verse 3 says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Verse 4, And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Somebody say glory to God. Mm. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. So, in part one, we laid the bricks and we discussed three pillars. The conversation really was about profitability. How can I profit with the word? How can I engage the word, not 
just casually, but to experience revelation, the treasures, the riches that are in here for me. How do I engage the word? And we laid three pillars last week. In fact, I said that there will be a quiz and that whoever gets the answer will get a gift card. So, um, maybe we'll do one. Let's do one now. Let's do another one next week. We'll give somebody a gift card of $50 today. Um, next week, someone else will get a gift card of $50. Um, I don't know how we're going to administer this, but I'm going to trust you <laughs> that you are going to be, we're going to set a timer. The first person to answer in the chat, all right, will win the 50 $50. Not just because $50 is all that. It's just to encourage you, um, just to incentivize someone. All right, please, you must be in Canada for, the, for this to apply and watching live. You must be in Canada, meaning if you are watching us from somewhere else, or maybe if you are watching from somewhere else, we'll send you the equivalent of 50 Canadian dollars. All right, so let's not limit you. Let's not rule you out, especially if you're outside Canada and you know the answer to this, you actually deserve it. You actually deserve it. <laughs> Glory to God. So this is the question and the time will start when I say your time starts now. In one of our previous series, Epignosis, we discussed the three commitments every believer must make to enjoy experiential knowledge. What are the three commitments your time starts now. All right, we'll give you one minute from your time starts now. And the first to type in the three commitments. Pastors, if you enter this, you just know it is not you. <laughs> Sell pastors, heads of departments, if you are the one, just know. All right, it cannot be you. All right. I don't, I'm not saying you don't know it. I'm saying we won't give you. <laughs> We are not giving you no $50. We are giving you millions. We are giving you billions. Glory to God. Mm. You know, this question was actually the same question asked last week. And I just felt led to bring it back, not to bring a new question. All right. Let's continue with the word for today. I believe, I hope we have a winner. All right. I, we'll see. We'll see. We laid the three pillars last week. By God's grace, this evening, we will lay three more pillars. The interesting thing about the pillars we are laying this evening is that these ones have children. That's why I said we are going deeper. It's not necessarily longer, but we are going deeper because the, the pillars this week have children. All right, so please open up your heart to receive God's word. The number one pillar we established last week is that to engage the word of God profitably, it has to be spiritually discerned. I will avoid the temptation to begin to break this down. The number two pillar is that there has to be a genuine desire and love for the word. We established this last week. And the third one is that we said there is hard work involved. It's not hard work powered by flesh. It is hard work that is powered by grace. And what is that, what is that work? That work is the diligent practice of study and meditation. It is the diligent practice of study and medita meditation on God's word. And it is powered by grace. We also rounded up last week with the two prayers. 
which we literally prayed this evening going into the word. Psalms 119 verse 18, Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. All right, the key request there is open my eyes to see wondrous things from your word. The, in Ephesians, there are three main requests. The spirit of wisdom, spirit of revelation, and the eyes of your understanding enlightened. Querying, demanding light. Somebody say with me again, let there be light. Come on, say it. Let your neighbors know that something is going on. Let there be light. Hmm. So today, we, we pick our bearing from Deuteronomy chapter 6. We are still unveiling profitability. Profitability. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I read from verse 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. I read from verse 6. This is the Lord speaking through his servant Moses to his children. It says, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Please pause there. Do not be in a hurry. This immediately establishes to you and to me that God's desire, God's choice place for his word to be is not just in your hands, is not just in your mouth, is not just on your lips, not just in your head. God's choice location for his word is for it to be in your heart. Listening gets the word into your head. Hearing of faith gets the word in your heart. Information gets the word in your head. Revelation gets the word in your heart. God is saying to you and to me, I want you, my children, to ensure that you move from information to revelation. You move from knowledge that informs to knowledge that is experiential. You must contend for light. It says that these words should be in your heart. So there is a journey from the head to the heart, and I want you to pay attention. Verse 7 says, you shall teach them. So teaching has to be involved. Diligently to your children, diligence has to be involved. You will talk of them when you sit in your house, formal, it will be involved. When you walk by the way, informal. When you lie down, casual. And when you rise up, routine. Boy, isn't your spirit beautiful? Having done that, in verse 8, it says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. You know, the Jews took this literally, and they would bind scriptures on their hands. It says, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes, and they would literally wear it on their foreheads, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, and they will put it on their doors on, and on their gates. This is the literal interpretation. The light interpretation says, on your hands, on your hands. What he's saying there is that all of your actions must be guided by the word. If there is no word for it, I am not doing it. All of your steps, all of your actions must be guided by the word of God. It says between your eyes on the frontlets. It's saying that your thoughts must be saturated with the word. That's really what he's saying here. If you, if you, if you like tattoo it, stamp it, sticker it. It's saying that you have to allow it sink into your mind. Your predominant thoughts are the word of God. And then it says, then you can now begin to announce it to the world. Your doorpost there, your houses means what others can see. You don't live outside. If others are going to see Jesus in you, then you must have settled this. 
Somebody say glory to God. All right. So, hmm, someone is already blessed. Somebody is already blessed. For someone, light has already come. And that's really, sincerely, that is my prayer this month. That is my prayer this month. For, for the kind of ministry God has given us. We do a lot of teaching. And it is very possible that a lot of learning is taking place. But my own prayer is, God, I don't, I don't just want people who are learned. I don't want people who are learned alone, of course. I want people who carry lights, people who are light bearers, people who are moving revelation, people who are glory carriers. And I believe I am talking to that person this evening. I believe I am talking to that person this evening. Somebody shout with me again, let there be light. Glory to God. So, three more pillars. For those who took notes last week, you will literally be writing three. Sorry, you'll be writing four, five, and six. For those who are just joining us, you'll be writing one, two, and three. That's fine. The, 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 the number, you call it really, it's, it's about receiving it, all right, and ensuring that light comes. That's what's important. So, for those writing, whether it's number four or it's number one, and this is the first pillar we are laying this evening. Or maybe I should read the three and then we will delve into it. Number one for this evening. If you are going to profit with the word, remember God's desire is that these words will be in your heart. If these words will travel from the head to the heart, the pillars that you and I, it doesn't matter, you and I, especially <laughs> you and I, especially for us in this family, that we know what God is doing with and through us. Number one, a childlike mind. A childlike mind. Number two, you must receive the word as the word of God. <laughs> Sounds very simple, but please stay with us. Number three, you must consistently see Christ on the pages of Scripture. Whether it's New Covenant, whether it's Old Covenant, Christ consistently seen across the pages. The three pillars we will, by the Spirit, lay this evening. Number one, a childlike mind. Number two, receiving the word as the word of God. Number three, consistently seeing Christ consistently seeing Christ consistently seeing Christ oh thank you father for your light we are forever changed we are forever changed glory to God come on somebody say glory to God number one if you and I are going to profitably engage the word of God if we are going to leave the realm of information and begin to transact and do life in the realm of revelation if we are going to live the life of dominion, not just talk about the life of dominion, part of what we need to do is to engage God's word with the mindset of a child. With the mindset of a child. Now, let me issue this, this, this nuance to it very quickly. The scriptures are very clear on the need for spiritual growth and the call to maturity. What a word we received on Sunday. This, this should still be fresh. 
that you are not expected to remain a baby. There is a call to grow. So this is not to be a child. This is to, to, to retain the mindset of the child. That is saying that you should mature without allowing the, the perils, the pains of adulthood also travel with your maturity. There's a quote that is, is, I stumbled on, on social media and it says that the creative adult is the child who learns to remain a child. So there is maturity. I'm, I'm making this point so that you don't interpret this as remaining a child. You must grow. You must contend for spiritual maturity. However, you must retain the simplicity and the mindset of the child. And this is very important because the words of Jesus to you, the words of Jesus to me, make this very clear. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 13. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 13. Then little children were brought to Jesus. Another version tells us that parents brought their children to Jesus that he might lay hands. In the King James says that he might put hands on them and pray. It says, but the disciples rebuked those who brought them. And verse 14, Jesus saw what was going on. It says, leave the children alone. Allow the little ones to come to me. This is the Amplified. And do not forbid or restrain or hinder them for of such as these. That's why I switched in the King James. says, suffer not the little children to come unto me. For such. Let, let's break down what for such means. For such as these is the kingdom of heaven composed. Jesus is giving us insight into how the kingdom is. You will see elders, but these elders have the mind. The mindsets of children. You will see giants. You will see greats. You will see people who have accomplished great things. They still have the humility, the curiosity, the hunger of the mind of a child. Hmm. Verse 15. And he put it, don't you just love Jesus? Don't you just love Jesus? And he put his hands upon them and then went on his way. Blessed those children. Wow. Wow. Let's see verse 14 in the New Living Translation. Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. Listen. It says, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. So, what does it mean to be like these children? You know, I said we're going deep. So, this <laughs> number one pillar has, has three children. <laughs> Please follow. Please follow. What does it mean to be like these children? Number one, a childlike mind is teachable. If you are going to profit with God's word, a childlike mind is teachable. What does it mean to be teachable? Number one, you are humble enough to admit that there are things I don't know. You are humble enough to accept that I can learn. And you have space, space to receive well, people who use Android might not relate with this example because since like forever, Android phones will have it. Um, the phone will have its size and you can have memory cards of up to terabytes. But those of us who are on the other side, <laughs> no free publicity for them. If it's 64 gig, it's 64 gig. 
If it's 128, it's 128. And then you get to a point where you want to capture a powerful event. And your camera just tells you, no storage available. Go clear stuff. That is your phone saying, I am not teachable. I cannot receive new information. Many of us, that is our attitude to the word of God. There is no space for the new. It says this childlike mind is teachable. It can receive information. It can receive knowledge. Boy, did Jesus interact with people who were full. They were full of knowledge, full of stuff that was not useful. They couldn't learn much from Jesus with all their questions. There was no question that the intention was to learn. They were always looking for ways to trick him and to test him. Are you teachable? Luke chapter 1 and verse 53. Luke chapter 1 and verse 53. This is a statement captured by Mary. Mary had received angelic visitation and she had been told that something special is about to happen to you. You are about to conceive and bear a child. And she had gone on a visit to see Elizabeth. And Elizabeth rejoicing, seeing her saying that, the dream I carry resonates with the dream you carry and there's been a connection there and this is Mary's speech under, I believe, the inspiration of the Spirit. She says in Luke chapter 1 and verse 53, she says, He has filled the hungry with good things. The teachable have learned new things. They've seen revelation. He says, but the rich he has sent empty away. I think it's the... Passion translation. It says that the smug and self-satisfied, they've gone away empty. Number one, the mindset, that childlike mindset is teachable and can receive. Humble enough to learn and has space to receive new information. Number two, the childlike mind believes everything at every time. Believes everything at every time. Oh boy, God bless our children. And God help us grown-ups not to, not to corrupt their innocent mind and their innocent belief. When you tell a child, I'm about to give you an example from years ago. I'm not saying it is still paining me. All right, the Lord has healed me. <laughs> Glory to God. I had an aunt many years ago. I was a little boy, maybe seven or let me not say little, a young, young boy maybe seven or eight. And this aunt came around and promised me, trust me, I am no longer pained, all right? Some of you are already feeling, <laughs> feeling for me that PD after all these years, you've not forgotten. And she promised me, she said she was taking me out to Mr. Biggs. <laughs> and I got ready, got my, I got my, my, my best shirt, ironed my trousers, everything ready, shoes, I was ready. She gave me the time and I was there outside waiting. The grown-ups in the house already knew. <laughs> but they were like, well, she said she's coming for you, and you believed it, so all the best. I can remember outside. I can picture it right now, boy. I was there waiting. I was there waiting. I was there waiting. She would soon come. And then the bigger people in the house would come out and check. Oh, are you still waiting? <laughs> Until it dawned on me that she was not coming. Hmm. And I went in. They just tried to just, you know, manage me. You know, if, if you met a real child, you will come back and tell that child, 
Don't worry, it's next week we are going. Guess what? That child will believe again. Until life happens. And adulthood, that is not maturity, happens to that child. So that child will now learn that when people say they are going to do this, it does not mean they are going to do this. But God is saying to me and to you, I am not a man that I should lie. Neither am I the son of man that I should repent. If I said I'm coming, I am coming. If I said we're going there, we're going there. If I say it's going to be dominion, it's dominion. If I say by my stripes you are healed, then you are healed. If I say I delight in the prosperity of my servants, then I do. If I say I've given you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions, then I mean it. The child in you must find a way to believe it, irrespective of what the experience was the last time. That childlike mind can believe everything, every time. This is my prayer. This is my prayer. Especially many times when your mind is too full and too developed. Like someone like me that went to medical school. And I understand how diseases work. If I'm not careful, I will not be able to enjoy divine healing. Because I know all the mechanisms. Hmm. But there must be that childlike acceptance. Thank you for medicines. Thank you for science. But thank you for the anointing of your spirit that supersedes and heals everything. Hear me, child of God? You must be able to believe every time. If, unless it is not God's word. If it's God's word, you can believe it. You can hold on to it. The childlike faith, the childlike mindset is able to believe God's word over and over and over again, irrespective of experience. Please, grown-ups, hear me. Steward, stewards those children well. Don't allow them to grow to be hard, tough, unlovable, broken, damaged people. No, show them love. Don't reproduce what you went through. Trust God that by God's grace, they will grow up in an atmosphere of love, in an, in an healthy environment where they can believe, they can trust. <laughs> Today's world, some, <laughs> some children, this thing I'm saying, childlike, some children are already like, uh, uh. <laughs> hmm. God help us. I said, God help us. Somebody say, glory to God. In Acts chapter 12, just because everything we discuss must be anchored on God's word. In Acts chapter 12, there were so many adults gathered together praying and there was a young lady there. It tells us in verse 13, still shaking his head amazed. This is reading from the message translation, Acts chapter 12 from verse 13. James, I just died. So you can't blame these adults for not believing. They just didn't know. They, they, they probably didn't know how to tell their pastor. When will we end this prayer meeting and accept that Peter is either dead or going to die? They, 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 they just didn't know how to be the one to say it. So they said, well, let's, let's keep praying. But there was someone there that had faith. I can believe this God. I know James died. But I, can be, I will believe again. It says, such as this is the kingdom. Still shaking his head, amazed, he went to Mary's house. The Mary who was John Mark's mother. It says the house was packed with praying friends. Please try it and, and we'll begin to break this down and dissect how prayerful meditation works. Try to form these pictures. It's a room packed with people praying. 
I'm sure they are not whispering. They are praying aloud. Oh God, deliver Peter. Let the, let, let the plans of Herod be frustrated. Let the plans of the adversary be frustrated. Deliver Peter. Everybody was loud and shouting. Out of all of that noise, there was somebody who expected an answer enough to hear the knock. My question is, when you are expecting something, you hear a knock. Some of you have ordered things and you know that they said, delivery on the way. Even if the knock is faint. Although these days, some delivery people, this is how they knock. <laughs> That's how they knock and, and, and wake the whole neighborhood up. But there is an expectation that hears faint knocks. There's a childlikeness that hears faint knocks. It says they were gathered together praying loudly. There was a knock on the door. It was the knock of Peter. Only one person heard it and ran there. The expectant one, the one with the childlike heart. It says the house was packed with praying friends when he knocked on the door to the courtyard. A young woman named Rhoda came to see who it was. When she recognized his voice, Peter's voice, he went on there. She was filled with excitement, ran back and told him, it is Peter. Hmm. Number one, this childlike mind is teachable. Number two, this childlike mind is able to believe everything, every time. Everything, every time. P.D., Next week, we can go to Mr. Biggs and I will still believe. I have told myself I will believe God's word rather than any experience. It doesn't matter whether it was James, whether it was a general overseer, whether it was a great man of God or a great woman of God, I will believe God's word every time. Can you, can you make that decision? Can we co collectively make that commitment? We will believe like a child. We won't say I was scarred the last time. I will humble myself and say there were gaps the last time. It didn't turn out the way I expected, but I will believe again. Hmm. And number three, number three lesson from the childlikeness that the kingdom demands is a posture of dependence. A posture of absolute dependence. Absolute dependence. Absolute dependence is if you don't do it, don't think anyone else, anywhere else can do it. Many of us have options. It's saying that if you must engage revelation profitably from God's word and you come with that childlikeness, there must be that posture of Holy Spirit. If, if you don't help me, nobody can help me. If you don't give me your light, there is nowhere else I'm going to get light for. And Holy Spirit will say, are you sure? Do you mean what you're saying? How about your plan B and your plan C and your plan D? And you say, guess what? Now my plan A my plan B, my plan Z, it is all you. It is you or nothing. It says now you are ready. A posture of absolute dependence. Psalms chapter 123. I read verse 1 and verse 2. Remember, this, these are the children of Pilar, <laughs> the first pillar this evening. Unto thee lift I up my eyes, O thou that dwellst in the heavens. I will look to you. That's how children are. They expect, they have expectations. They will look to you. It says, Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of a mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord until light comes. Until he has shown us his mercy. Until revelation breaks, we will stay with you. We will stay with your word. And I join my hands with you under the sound of my voice. That the rework, the surgical operation on the heart, 
that removes the art of stone and replaces it with the art of flesh that God can find a vessel to do great things with, all of us, all of us together, we begin to experience such heart transformations. In the mighty name of Jesus, come on, if you believe it, shout glory to God. Mm. So, number one pillar is a childlike mindset. If you're going to engage revelation, you must come with that, with that childlikeness. You must come with that childlikeness, ready to be teachable, ready to believe again. And don't be scared <laughs> like PD. And ready to have a posture of dependence on his word. Our eyes are on you. Number two, I think we are doing well with our time. Number two is to receive the word as the word of God. This one is, it looks like the simplest, but this is, in my opinion, and I believe that opinion is not human. This is the one for us. This is the crux of the matter. Well, number three is, is the cruxest. Cruxest. Pardon my French. Which is in Christ. But let's stay here for, 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 for a minute. Receiving the word as the word of God. Receiving the word as the word of God. Hmm. This is very deep. Now imagine that. Let me, let, me, let me paint a scenario. Imagine that you were, let's, let's still stay with the illustration of deliveries. Imagine that you were expecting a very important delivery. Let me pick an example. You've taken your oath. You've sworn as a Canadian citizen. You've done your passport application. And you have the tracking number. You know that the, one of the most important documents that you have as an individual is about to arrive in the mail, and you've, you've confirmed, you've tracked it, delivery en route. And then, you look outside, you see a delivery van parking, and you see somebody stepping out, out of the van with a package that belongs to you. And the person knocks on your door and says, signature required. Let me tell you, revelation delivery is signature. All right. Let's stay, let's stay, let's stay, let's stay. And the person knocks on the door and you open the door and you check the person from top to down. And you, you tell the person, I don't like your cap. I don't like your cap. I, I, your, your uniform is not really, really well ironed. You know, it's not well ironed. Or the person, <laughs> for, my, for my people from, from a certain region of the world, the person uses their left hand and says, oh, hi, good afternoon, and, and gives you, and you look at yourself, you look at the person, me, <laughs> me, left hand. Or you say, why, why did they send a the lady to do the delivery? Are there no guys in, in that company? Ca can you see the point now? Many of us are scrutinizing the messenger rather than opening our hearts to receive the message, and we are missing out on what God has for us. We are missing out on what God has for us. If you are hungry that what you want is the word of God, you will not really care. Whether God uses a donkey, whether God uses a newborn, whether God uses a song, whether God uses a child, whether God uses your child, or whether God uses your general overseer, there is going to be the honor that you place on the word and you will receive it as God's word to you. 
Mm. It is my word, saith the Lord. It is my word. I've sent it to you, but it is my word. And my desire is that my word will profit you. Open your heart, he's saying. Thus saith the Spirit of the Lord. Open your heart and receive my word. I have treasures for you. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 10. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 10. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven and returns not thither, it says, but waters the earth makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11, it says, so shall my word be. Somebody say my word. Somebody say my word. Is it Isaiah's word? No. My word, saith the Lord. Through Isaiah, my word. Through PD, my word. Through donkey <laughs> my word through sticker my word through somebody's random social media post my word my word so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth yes i use the delivery service but you must for you to engage it as revelation you must honor it as coming from my mouth it, if you can do that, then it will not return unto me void. It will accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing rare unto I sent it. What did I send it to do? It says it's going to water the earth. It's going to bring forth. It's going to bud. It's going to produce seed for the ones who are sowers. It's going to produce bread. His word is designed to profit you. You have to receive it. As God's word. You have to receive it as God's word. We have to, and I'm, as I speak to you, I speak to myself. We really, 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 really have to trust God to help us. Let me give a practical, real-life example of a man of God who I consider to be one of my own fathers in the faith. And he said something. He said, whenever another servant of God, male, female, old, or young, is preaching, he says he makes it a duty to sit down and learn. I was like, oh, yes, I do that. I, I make it a duty to sit down and learn. He said you will never find someone else preaching and he's not with his notes, even if it is Children's Day. I told myself, Dio, listen and learn. I said, okay. I, I know I try to listen, but I've not been deliberate about taking notes. Imagine if it's, if it's children's, children's takeover and we have one of our king's kids preaching. Will I remember to bring out my notes and know that what is about to happen is that God's word is about to proceed from God's mouth, however, through the mouth of a child? I was listening. I, I increased the volume a bit. He said he will sit down and he will take notes. He said every scripture that the person preaching uses, he will write it down, even if it is a scripture he recently preached on. Boy, I said, no wonder. No wonder this person is intermeddling in the kind of light they are intermeddling with. Look at the humility. I said, that I can learn. That I can learn. Even if it is the scripture, what's our text for, for the month? 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Even if that's the scripture and somebody else is sharing on it, I will listen as though I am just seeing 2 Corinthians 9, 8 for the first time. Even if it is Joel 3, 13. That we've attempted to dissect a bit that PG has done. 
Justice too. Next week, somebody else will come, a child, and say, Joel 3.8. And I will sit down with attention. Can God trust you to be that person that will honor his word as his word? To receive it, not just as word, but as the word of God. Hmm. All right. Second Kings chapter 5 and verse 9. There's a story I know you know, but you might not really see how it relates to receiving God's word as God's word. Let me give us a background to this story. There was an excellent swordsman. It was, it was one of the special forces in Syria was a top military official, and he, he was very good at what he did. The only challenge is that he was leprous. Whenever he took off his camel, and you really don't want to see what is beneath. And he bothered him, and the king knew and said, we, we won't tell you to sit down. You are too valuable to us. But there was a little girl in the house, and she was just having a chat with Madame, and said, Israel might not be where Israel is supposed to be, but they are people of covenant, and there is a prophet in the land. If only you can tell daddy to go and see the prophet. I know he can receive his healing. Are you kidding? What are you talking about? So she went to YouTube, and she Googled Elisha. She saw healings. She saw miracles. She saw everything. So she told the husband, there is a man of God in Israel. You know what this general did the general went to the king and said king i hear there is someone in israel they told you who the person is elisha he went to the king the king wrote a letter and sent it to the king of israel you can see how interesting the word of god is sent it to the king of israel and said oh king of israel i hear that you people <laughs> you people cure leprosy in your land do the needful signed and when the letter got to the king of Israel, <laughs> the Bible says he, he rent his clothes and he was, he was grieving. He said, what, what problem? Are you trying to start a war? Since when did I become? Oh, boy, boy, boy. He says, the man of God, Elisha, heard. And he said, go, go tell them to come that they will know that there is a prophet in Israel. I'm sorry, this, this kind of things excites me. He said, let them come. Let them come and know that there is a God in Israel. So that entourage left the government house and went to a certain region where the man of God was. Now, come to verse 9, 2 Kings chapter 5. So Naaman, I want you to pay attention. If you are reading with light, you will see what is going on in verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and sat on his high horse and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Can you see the posture? Can you see the arrogance? Can you see it? Can you see that it's there? He's like, okay. Is this the place? Where's the person? And Elisha sent a messenger unto him. Elisha to <laughs> Elisha saw everything. It was not. Mm. Elisha sent a messenger to him. Saying, go and wash in Jordan seven times. And your flesh shall come again to thee. And you shall be clean. Verse 11, is it in your Bible? It says the thing angered Naaman. Angered him? This is the word for your healing. Angered you? <laughs> this is the word for your prosperity. Angered you? <laughs> this is the word for your deliverance. Angered you? <laughs> so can you see this is not really just about Naaman and leprosy and the man of God. 
This is about you and how you receive God's word. Is it with arrogance or do you honor that this is the word of the Lord? Even though the prophet did not dignify me by coming outside. But it is the word of the, the prophet might have his own, <laughs> his own prophet issues. But this is the word of God to me. It says he was rough and he went away. He, he, he would rather remain leprous than remain. See, hear me. It is easy to point to Naaman, but this is how, if we want to be sincere, because part of what light does is that light reveals. Many today would rather remain sick than to trust God for the light and receive their healing. Many today would rather remain broke and oppressed than to trust God for the light. He says he was annoyed and he went away. Behold, he said, at least let him come out. Hey, Naaman, is it coming out you need a healing? Let him at least stand. Let him call on the name of the Lord his God. Let him do some theatrics. Telling me to go to Jordan. Let him strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Look at what he said in verse 12. Are not Abana and Parfar, rivers of Damascus, was now giving suggestions. Sir, if you, if you knew the rivers, go there. Go there. Oh, I pray for you under the sound of my voice that beginning this evening, you will not miss out on every package that is for you from heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus, irrespective of who it is delivered through, irrespective of how it is delivered, I pray that your eyes will be on the prize so much that you will receive God's word and you will receive it as God's word to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, somebody say glory to God. Hmm. I said each pillar has children. How do I know that I have received this word as God's word to me? How do I know, PD? In, in, in my mind, I believe I do, but really, how do I know that I have received this as God's word? Two ways you'll know. There are many ways. These are the two, <laughs> all right, key ones that the Spirit of God will permit us to share in the brevity of the time we have left. Number one, prompt obedience. Prompt obedience. If indeed you believe it is God's word. Prompt obedience. James admonishing us in James chapter 1. I read from verse 22 all the way to verse 25 from the Passion Translation. It says in the King James, I believe you know this. It says, don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers. In the Passion, it says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. It says, so always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. There is the written part, but the plan is not for it to remain written. It's for your life to fulfill it and to be proof that the word works. Verse 23 says, if you listen to the word and don't leave out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the words to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. Verse 24, you perceive how God sees you. You perceive how God loves you. You perceive promises for your deliverance. You perceive promises for dominion. You, you perceive promises for your health and for your victory. You see all of those things. It says, but those who set their gaze. No, pardon me, I'm jumping a bit. It says, you see all of those in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget 
your divine origin. You forget that you are not normal. You forget that you are supernatural. You forget that what happens to everybody does not have to happen to you. You forget. It says in verse 25, but those who set their gaze deeply. Boy, there was a time PK was reading this verse to us. I think it was in the Amplified. It pierced me as though I had not read it before. It says those who look intently. It was as though I had never heard this before. Deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear. And are strengthened by it, they experience God's blessing in all that they do. So the fact that you've heard the word, the fact that you've joined the service, the fact that you're a member of a ministry like KICC where a lot of teaching of the word is being done doesn't necessarily mean that you've received the word. And it's very consoling because Jesus taught for three years, did miracles for three years. And one of his own pastors just was, he just could not, there was no space to receive. He was doing a lot of hearing, but no receiving. Number one, when you receive it, not just as a nice idea, a nice opinion, nicely said no. You receive it as God's word to you. There will be prompt obedience. Number two, and this is the key one, if indeed you receive a letter, and this letter as you believe it is from God to you, whatever God has said on the matter is supposed to be the last discussion on it. The way I wrote it there is it ends all controversy on the issue. If you believe you have received God's word, it ends all controversy on the issue. If you have further controversies, then you've not really received it as God's word. You've not really received it as God's word. It's Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 5 that gives us light. Every word of God. In the King James, it says it's pure. I believe it's in the Amplified. Every word of God is tried and purified. If this is what God's word says about this, I will take it as God's word and that settles it. If everybody wants to go and do a meeting and agree this is what they want to believe, fine for them. But I have found it in God's word and that settles it. Reminds me of an old song. Well, not an old song. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. That's settling parts. That's settling parts. You know, he says, <laughs> your word is settled in heaven. But in your own life, you also have to settle it. Controversy has come to an end on this matter. And that only happens when light arrives. Prompt obedience. Glory to God. Come on, somebody say glory to God. Hmm. So number one pillar, you receive the word with a childlike mind. Number two, you receive that word as the word of God to you. And number three, you consistently see Christ. Consistently. I think we can break this into two parts and emphasize something we've emphasized before. Please, child of God, let there be consistency in your interaction. Don't do once a week. Don't do once a month. You must find time daily. There are examples in scriptures of great men, great women that did it day and night, daily. The ultimate example, our Lord Jesus Christ, daily, tarrying all night. And I, and I want to encourage you, start where you are. I know you have great ideas. You want to spend one million hours. Start where you are. Start with your regular 10 minutes. Start with your regular 15 minutes and watch yourself grow. 
Watch yourself grow. If you go into a gym and you go and you go and pick, that's what a lot of you just go and pick the heaviest with ah, this is not for me, and you just walk out. You will miss out. But if you are there and you pick a one pound, people around you might laugh and say, You are starting with one pound. Say, Leave me. I am on the journey of growth. Come and check me in two, three months' time. I will have graduated to five pounds. Then come and check me again. I will have gone to 10 pounds. Come and check me again. I will be doing real, <laughs> pulling my weight. But I won't discourage myself by, 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 by trying to do 20 kg on day one. Pace yourself, be consistent. Ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. He's the one that wants to show you all this light. And the other side of it is you will see Christ. The the scriptures will come alive alive when you begin to see Christ in all the pages. Someone is saying, oh, didn't Jesus just show up in the New Testament? And that's the beauty of the invitation to light. Jesus, the entire scriptures are about Jesus. The entire book. Is about Jesus. From the very get-go in Genesis chapter 1, the very first letter is about Jesus. Up until the very first letter in Revelations, the very last letter about Jesus. From start to finish, the author and the finisher. Hmm. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. Thank you for the giants you are making us to be. Thank you because we would have been built by your word. To be the mighty edifice that you have in plans for our generation. Through us, this glorious light will shine. It will spread to our world. We will be carriers of your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on wherever you are. Somebody shout glory to God. Hmm. Let's begin to wrap up. Consistently see Christ. It was in Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. This is Easter season, resurrection season. Uh, if you have a topical Bible like mine, you'll see it titled The Resurrection. The Bible tells us in verse 13 that Jesus met with the resurrected Christ, met with two guys. They were on their way to Emmaus. And he tells you in the King James that it was about three score four lungs. And from next week, we'll get into it. So when you see three score four lungs, what do you do with that? Don't move on. What is three score four long? You ask you, you look for tools that will help you. You, you compare versions so that it makes sense. One effer, two ifer, two. And you're wondering what's an ifa? 20 shekels. What really does that mean? When you are when you when what you want is light, you won't just gloss over it. Gloss over it. A score is 20, three score is 60. What is four long? And then you just do a simple, simple next step. Of checking modern translations, and you see it seven miles, 11 kilometers. That was enough time for Jesus to dissect Genesis, really, in the way the Hebrew scriptures are arranged Genesis to Second Chronicles, in the way our own Bible is arranged Genesis to Malachi, unveiled everything. It was not just discussing. He was discussing Christ. He was showing them. Let's go to God's word. Verse 27 says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, Luke 24, verse 27, he expounded, opened up unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. He started from Genesis 1. 
These scriptures, Genesis 1 talks about Jesus. He moved from there to talk about the fall. These scriptures talk about the coming Messiah. He went there to begin to talk about the generations of Adam. This is pointing to the Messiah. He began to expand to them, show them things there. He went to Noah. This is the plan of grace showing up to make a cameo. This is, and he went, he got to Joseph. This is a type of Christ. Went to Moses, went to the, the, to the journey, Exodus out of, 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 of Egypt. Started showing them that rock. That rock is Christ. And he went, went, went. Show them the tabernacle. Show them the door. Show them the inner court. Show them the present. Show them the bread. Show them the light. Show them everything. And it was going pillar by pillar. Got to the first king. Got to Samuel. Showing them Christ. Got to Saul. Got to David. Showing them Christ. Went to the exile. Showing them Christ. The return. The rebuilding. Showing them Christ. Everything. Jesus. I pray for you. I pray for you that the word of God will come alive to you. The word of God will come alive to you. Our days of studying in the dark are over. Our days of interacting with the letter are over. We enter into the realm of revelation. We begin to see in the light. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say glory to God. Hmm. John chapter 5 and verse 39. Jesus responding to the Pharisees. He says, you guys, you search the scriptures. You think that is where you will find eternal life. You've come for a debate. You've brought your, uh, didn't the Bible say, didn't the Bible say, didn't the Bible say. It says, if, if that is your approach, you will miss out on life. It says, but when you begin to see me. When you begin to see me, it says, and they are they which testify of me. Let me read it in the Persian as we begin to round up this evening. It says, you are busy analyzing the scriptures. You are pouring over them, hoping to gain eternal life. Hoping to explain a way. Hoping to find a loophole. It says, everything you read points to me. If you have true light, everything you read points to me. It says, yet you still refuse, verse 40, to come to me so that I can give you the life you are looking for. Eternal life. I can give you the life you are looking for. That is what Revelation does. It's a supply of light. It is a supply of life. And I pray for you, even as I pray for myself, that childlike heart that can receive from the master. That childlike heart that can receive from the master. That one that has dependence. That one that has the ability to believe again. That one that is teachable. That heart that we will receive. By his mercy we will receive. Every hardness, every stoniness flushed away. That today will be a new day. It will be the beginning of a new season. In the mighty name of Jesus, that we will be that one that will be able to receive the word as the word of God. When God sends his words through me, through Elisha, I won't want him to come out. I will not insist on how God shall speak to me. I will insist on receiving his word and be grateful for the vessels he uses. When he uses a prophet, I'll be grateful. When he uses a pastor, I'll be grateful. When he uses a colleague, I'll be grateful. When he uses a new convert, I'll be grateful. When he uses my pastor, I'll be grateful. When he uses a quote I stumble into, I'll be grateful. Anything, anything, everything he uses, my eyes will be on the prize of receiving his word. And I will consistently see Jesus. The light will shine on my part. It will no longer be study as usual, but it will be interaction with light. In the mighty name of Jesus. 
Thank you, gracious Father, because it is done. We thank you because light dawns, light dawns. We are forever changed. We are a people that intermeddle with life as we enjoy the light that comes by your spirit. Thank you because you will open our eyes to see wondrous things. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom. Thank you for the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of you. Thank you because the eyes of our understanding are enlightened. Thank you because Jesus is revealed and we are transformed by your spirit. Oh, hear me now. I am praying for you by prophecy that everything the Father, everything the Word has said concerning you, you will be. In the mighty name of Jesus, the greatness that is in your destiny in Christ, you will be that great person. In the name of Jesus, the fruitfulness that is in your destiny in Christ, you will be that fruitful person. In the name of Jesus, the life of impact, the overflowing, abundant life that is in your destiny in Christ, your life will be that life. In the name of Jesus, the life of dominion that is in your destiny in Christ Jesus, your life will be that life of dominion. In the name of Jesus, it will be powered by his light. And you and I will bring his glory to our world. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you've been blessed, raise your hands to heaven and say thank you for your word to me. That's the attitude of the one who will be blessed. Not yes, pity. Tell them. Preach it to them. You say, God, this word is for me. And I receive your word. Thank you because you've sent this word to me. Because you love me. Thank you for your light. I am changed. We can't bring a service like this to a close without giving an opportunity for someone to encounter to encounter the custodian of light light himself he's a person he's a person and today he wants you to know that he loves you he wants you to know that he's not intimidated by your past he wants you to know that he's still committed to your future. He wants you to know that today you can make a decision for restoration. You can make a decision to return home. You can make a decision today. Whether it's your first time or you are rededicating your life, today is the day of salvation. I want to pray with you. That is where it all begins. If you can say this short prayer with me, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking my place in the grave. Thank you because you rose victoriously, triumphantly on the third day. I ask that you live in me. I ask that you live through me. And I receive the grace to live for you. Thank you for giving me eternal life. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's book of life. I pledge to serve you all the rest of my days and I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, I hold my hands in celebration of this amazing decision made by your sons, your daughters that have now become a part of your family. I ask for a supply of your spirit, a multiplication of your grace. Let them grow to be mighty giants in your kingdom. None of them returning to the vomit they've left but they will become lives that will give you glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for engraving their names in the book of life. Thank you for the beginning of the best days of their lives. 
we give you the glory be thou exalted for in jesus name we have prayed come on wherever you are if you can jam those hands together give the lord a big shout thank you so much for joining us today we hope you've been blessed by the sermon and if you would love to be a part of what god is doing in our midst feel free to join us on sundays at 10 a.m or wednesdays at 7 p.m to be a part of the giving you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at KICCCanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember you are a champion. God bless you.